Hey, greetings, everybody. Uh, welcome to Opposing the Matrix. This is Dave speaking. Um, okay, where do we start? We start with coffee. The time. Lachaim means to life, and what a better toast there is not for what's going on today in the last few months in our society and, and all that good stuff. So, um, <clears throat> kind of saving up. Comes on on Monday. I want to be able to have a. Um, a subject matter to talk about, so to speak. Uh, something funny happened today. I was, uh, I had to go to the post office, a little post office here in Cottage Grove, and uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I walked in without a mask. I mean, I always go to the post office without a mask, and nobody ever says anything to me. I think it's because of my size, and I'm a male. I think I might be a little intimidating. But we got in, I got in line because I had to return some mail from the woman that used to work, live here, uh, who keeps getting her mail, her mail here, and she shouldn't. Um, anyway, uh, so I went up there. I stood, I was the next person in line, and there was a guy in there talking about um, his, uh, you know, the vaccine and, you know, how it's all baloney and everything like that. And I was kind of enjoying it. I looked at the guy behind me, and he was looking with the kind of those, those smiles, um, a disconcerting smile, you know, you know, you know, like that kind of. And um, so I got to go up to the front. And when I went up to the front, I heard him talking to the lady behind him. They must have known each other. And that small town, I'm sure everybody went to school with one another at one time or another. And so um, uh, he was, she was talking with him and he was talking about how he was going to go get his booster and everything. I'm like, <clears throat> I wanted so bad to turn around and say something to him, but not the right time or the right place, I guess. Um, but I'm always on the defensive in case somebody talks to me first, because I, I wanna, I'm going to jump in there like a, a roaring lion <laughs> just and go for it. Well, anyway, the funny part is, so I get out to my truck again and start it up. I notice this woman, she's probably in her late 60s, early 70s, pulls up. And uh, she gets out of her car. Well, this guy that was kind of parked head to head with her, if this is her and this is him. So she gets out of her car and he gets out. Of, he's staying in his car and he beeps his horn a couple of times. And he, she looks at him and he's going. In other words, like, put your mask on. And she didn't quite get it, I guess. And she went up and he rolled his window down. And you, I could almost read his lips. You need to put a mask on before you go in there. Because she didn't have one, of course, and and she just looked at him and she went, <laughs> you know, I walked in there without a mask, and I was like, she made my whole day. She really did. I don't know her name, but if I ever run into her, I'm just going to thank her, and and congratulate her for doing something right. So, uh, this whole thing is getting ridiculous anymore. <clears throat> it really is, and uh, it's almost turning into like joke subject matter. Uh, where the mask is concerned, anyway. I don't like to joke about people who are sick, and I won't do that. It's like Biden. I won't joke about him, his dementia, his uh, mental mental capacity waning by the hour, it seems like. Uh, 
because I know that a lot of people my age and older get that. And first of all, it's not right to do to joke about a man having something like that or a woman for that matter. And it's second of all, I don't want to set myself up for coming down with something like that when I get older. I've got enough problems right now. Don't need any more. Okay. So I was kind of tooling around and I was going to work on a, I was going to do a show last night actually, but things got busy around here and I didn't get to do it. But um, I was going to do about all the military stuff that's going on. I think I'll reserve that for tomorrow night or the night after. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of military stuff going on and we'll talk about that another time. But tonight I want to talk about, <clears throat> um, there's four videos I want to watch. I think there's just four. And one of them is going to be talking about, um, it's a mortician. They call him a, not a grave digger. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, he's a mortician. That's a common term anymore. Uh, about how he has seen, he must be a, not just a mortician, but he must be a, um, he must do autopsies. Hold on a second. What? Oh, my wife's laying in bed. She said he was a medical examiner. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> see, she gets to listen to the show live. Um, anyway, uh, so he said he's noticed an increase in, um, in strokes, aneurysms, blood clots, and a whole nine. And you'll hear his own testimony. I won't say too much, but, uh, then we're going to listen to a video or watch a video. Um, of some testimonies, death testimonies, people that have lost loved ones um, because of this vaccine. And then we're going to, oh yeah, there's this fellow, I think he's an engineer or he's a, he's got master's degrees in, in just about everything. And he's a pastor too, I do believe. And uh, he's going to talk about the mechanism of the mRNA vaccine. Now, I may have done this video before. I don't remember. I seem to remember it, but I don't know if I listened to it or I aired it. So uh, we're going to listen to it again. He's going to talk about the vaccine, how it was manufactured, what it is, uh, how it's basically like AIDS uh, and, other, and other diseases that's related to. And uh, finally, we're going to listen to Dr. Tenpenny, a uh, wonderful woman, a um, woman of God, who happens to be a doctor who has uh, been in charge of quite a few major concerns in the United States here. And uh, she's going to talk about the spiritual implications of taking the vaccine. So why don't we just go ahead and roll right along. And uh, if there's something I want to say, uh, when, when we run into one of those videos, I'll go ahead and, um, I'll stop and I'll say it. How's that sound? Okay. Oh, let's see. We got to hit this. Hey, there we go. I'm going to go here. Okay. This is the fellow we're going to listen to first. Okay. I may have to back it back up. Um, I don't know if I put it back on zero, but if I do, and I'll make it larger to make happy all those people that, write to me and say, the picture's not big enough, the video's not big enough, so it'll be big enough now, okay? Here we go. Oh, the ever-popular seven seconds of silence with rumble. 
Hi guys, um, so just a quick update from me. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's John, I'm a funeral director based in Milton Keynes. Um, uh, uh, I run a, a funeral home called Milton Keynes Family Funeral Services. Uh, and a quick search uh, online for that um, will find me and verify who I am. So uh, many of you will know me, um, so I'll just give you an update as to where we are at this time, and it is the 6th of December um, 2021. So what we're seeing is a large number, an unnaturally large number of deaths due to heart attack, stroke, aneurysm, um, and these are all as a direct result of thrombosis, embolisms, um, in the lungs, the legs, various places um, uh, that's causing these deaths. Um, and these are well documented by the local coroners. These are well documented, um, you know, across the country. Nobody seems to be concerned by the alarming rise in them, you know. Um, I used to see a blood clot very, very rarely. Um, and now I've seen more this year than I have in the previous 14, to give you an idea. I've written to the Chief Coroner of England, he isn't concerned. I've had no response for weeks and weeks and then I had an email from his secretary saying um, he does, he's not interested. There you go, this is the guy who's supposed to be protecting us um, from, from, from harm. Um, so we're seeing those deaths. The other type of death that I'm seeing, which is more distressing for me personally, is people um, who are getting sick now as their immune systems um, finally give up. So they've had the jabs maybe six, eight months ago and uh, it's been eaten away at their immune system and now they're struggling to fight off things like the common cold. So we're in winter um, and as you'll be aware there are colds and flus about in this time of the year. These people can't fight it off and the government are very quick to label it um, Omicron, a new variant, you know, um, and they are sick but they're sick with basic things like the common cold. Um, their immune systems are decimated and, and if you think about it logically much like um, for example a cancer patient so when you get a cancer patient and they're on chemotherapy it decimates their immune system and one of the things um, that they have to be extremely careful of is because they've got no, no immune system a basic cold, common cold or a flu can kill them and this is what we're seeing now in um, the, these jab recipients uh, across up and down the country, they're becoming extremely ill, really, really ill. And, and the saddest thing is, is they're actually convinced that um, if they'd have had the jab, it would have, you know, lessened that illness. So, for example, I've got a couple of friends, I've known them for a long time, very intelligent guy, logical thinker, um, him and his wife uh, are both in jab. She's had one, he's had both. Um, he's bitterly desperate now, he's desperate to get the booster because he feels so terribly ill, he thinks that will make him feel better. You know, what do you say to these people? Because they just won't believe it, they feel terribly ill. His wife um, is saying how she's desperate now, she's had one jab, wishes she'd had the second, she's desperate to get the second, can't get booked up quick enough. I've tried to explain, this is what is killing you, this is killing you, it's damaging your immune system, all you've got is a common cold and I said to him that I will come over, I'll bring you whatever you need, I will kiss you on the lips because I'm in no danger of, of falling sick because I have an immune system that's protecting me as a guy who hasn't been jabbed. Um, these people, uh, you know, it, it was well documented on the Georgia Guidestones and, and other places what would happen. These people are going to willingly walk over the cliff begging for more. I really don't know what else I can say. So, so that's, um, you know, we're nearly 12 months in now um, from when the first jabs 
went into people, so their immune systems will be falling apart now. That's the reality, and that's what I'm seeing. You know, neighbours getting sick and ill and having Amazon deliveries because they have to isolate, they can't get out, because their immune systems are falling over, and it's winter, and it's cold season, and they can't cope with the cold anymore in the same way a cancer patient with a decimated immune system can't. I really, um, I wish I knew the answer. You know, what can I do? What can I do to convince people what is actually happening to them? You know, um, I really don't know. I really don't know, but I'm seeing it. I know it's happening. This is when I went for the meeting in September to Westminster. Um, the scientists there said exactly what would happen. And lo and behold, this is what's happening. You know, these people are getting sick and dying, as I said all along, you know. Um, I kind of, now is the time I'm starting to wait for the phone calls to come in from family and friends. And it's, um, it's frightening, isn't it? You know, and I, I do wonder if these people will fall over and die still thinking it's convinced it's COVID, you know, and blaming anti-vaxxers, you know. Uh, oh, you're a terrible danger if it wasn't for you, you know. <laughs> you know, what can you say? What can you say? Um, all I can do, you know, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. Uh, and I've told these people what would happen to them if they took these jabs and they haven't listened. Um, many have, many have. And I just want to say a big thank you to the thousands and thousands of people who have been in touch um, by email, phone calls that have visited me with so much love and support. You know, it's a wonderful, humbling experience. Well, you know, telling me how brave I am. I don't feel brave. All I've done is care. I've just cared. And I still care, and I can't turn that care off. So um, for anyone that's watching, you know, if you've had your jabs and you've been protected, but you're still really, really ill, and you've got COVID and you're having to isolate, this is why. It's because these jabs are decimating your immune system. The other type are the blood clots, they're the quick killers, um, and we've seen plenty of those as well. So please, 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 don't take any more of these jabs. It's killing you. It's killing you. Uh, and lining up for more jabs when you're desperately ill already isn't the answer. It really isn't the answer. Take a step back. Just look a little bit deeper than the BBC and Google are telling you. The jabs are what are making you ill. The, the, the Omicron is vaccine injury. They're nothing more than that. Um, will you believe it? I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, time will tell, I guess. Time will tell. But that's where we are in... in um, December uh, 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 of 2021, we're exactly where the scientists told me we would be, um, sadly. Uh, um, I just hope that people listen. Um, I hope that people listen, because if they don't, they're going to get sick and they're going to die. That's the reality. You will die if you keep taking these jabs. Uh, and, you know, oh, bless you. Bless you. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Never a truer word spoken. Well, that's interesting, huh? You got a guy that sees the effects of everything that these these vaccines do to you. He actually gets to autopsy these people to if there's if it's called for to cut them open and to see what what caused their death. He sees the end result, and so his testimony is super verifiable. It's super believable and. You can tell by the passion in his talk, you know, that he just wants people to to get educated and not take the stupid vaccines anymore. You know, they're not even vaccines, they're death jabs. You know, don't, don't take the death jabs anymore. But he um 
he illustrated something in his talk. He said, uh, forgive them for they know not what they do, which are words that Yeshua said when he was on the cross and he was talking about the Roman soldiers and the, um, and the Sanhedrin and the Jews that were calling for his death. And um, the, the few regular Jews, they were mostly Sanhedrin and Sadducees, Pharisees, and you know. Um, but uh, we're going to see a video later on where another, uh, I think it's Dr. Tenpenny, uses uh, another scripture too about uh, a great delusion. You know, they'll believe a lie. So anyway, I, I just feel for this guy because I... I can imagine every time he's got to open somebody up, it probably breaks his heart because he, from what he said, he's warned family members, he's warned friends and everything else, and nobody's listened to him. And uh, kind of reminds you of the story of um, Elijah when he was out in the wilderness and he was being chased by the armies of King Ahab and, and Jezebel. And, uh, he got to a point where he says, am I the last one? Am I the only one that's a witness for the Lord anymore, for Yahweh anymore? You know, and I think if this guy were to pray that prayer, that he would actually know that there are others out there that are just as frustrated as he is. And just like Yahweh told uh, Elijah, he said, no, there, I can't remember the number. I think it was like 2,000 uh prophets that had not bowed the knee to uh, to the idols that the uh, Israelites were worshiping at the time. And I just prayed for this guy in Yeshua's name that he he'll have he will find comfort and rest because it's obvious he's distressed about what he's seeing and he might even be getting some kind of uh, depression or, or his anxiety over it and he needs to step back and uh, away from a little while if that's what's happening. <clears throat> but um, he's a good man, and he needs you, Lord, so help him out. Shoot his name. Amen. Okay. All right. Where do we go from here? All right. Next video, I guess, huh? COVID vaccine death testimonies. Okay. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, it just talks about people getting a jab and then dying either the same day or a day or two or a week or a month afterwards. So um, pretty interesting uh, stuff. So let's go ahead and do this and then I'll make it larger and we'll go from there. Four, three, two, one, go. This woman's father-in-law died just three days after his first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Six died in the Pfizer vaccine trial. Kara's grandmother took the vaccine December 28th and died January 1st. She was doing just fine before the vaccine. One died at a nursing home 45 minutes after the shot. An Ohio woman's mother died a few days after. And in a Dover Riverside nursing home, four died in one night, which is unheard of. Lori's 85-year-old father-in-law died six days after the jab. 94-year-old mother-in-law dead four hours after an adverse reaction. Great-grandfather dead two weeks after the shot. 
Seavey's 97-year-old aunt died within 48 hours after the shot. 88-year-old father-in-law, pressured to take the jab, was fit as a fiddle, had two strokes, and died. The family has concluded he was murdered by the vaccine. Last year, the WHO, CDC, and national health agencies worldwide told us the average age of death from the alleged COVID virus was 82 years old, which just happens to be the average life expectancy for all humans, and that 94% of those deaths were sick elderly people already dying of 2.6 other terminal illnesses. So the world was locked down and economies shattered to protect our vulnerable and elderly. This year, Ted Turner's CNN is telling us don't be alarmed if elderly die after receiving the COVID vaccine, that we should not be unnecessarily alarmed if there are reports once we start vaccinating of someone or multiple people dying within a day or two of their vaccination who are residents of a long-term care facility. Well, which is it? Um, I want to stop it for a minute. You're going to notice that he doesn't say COVID. He said COVIDs. And there's a reason why he's saying that is because the, the mRNA vaccines, as you probably know, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, or any other, there's, it's all over the internet anymore. But um, what this thing does, and like the last video said, it destroys your immune system. And that's exactly what AIDS does. AIDS is um, acquired immune deficiency disorder. Immune deficiency disorder. Yeah, the virus, the AIDS virus, gets in there and kills your immune system, and so does this drug. So um, there are a lot of people that think, and some even doctors and researchers have said that there is. Uh, elements of the AIDS virus in this vaccine. So anyway, let's continue. Are we saving them or murdering them? Let's ask the 24 dead in a New York nursing home or the 26 dead in Gibraltar, 33 dead in Norway, five dead in Denmark, 55 dead reported on VAERS in just two weeks. Keep in mind that less than 1% of adverse reactions and deaths are ever even reported on VAERS. As of three weeks ago, VAERS had 211 reported deaths. And since only 1% are even reported to VAERS, it's more likely 21,000 real deaths and 42,000 reported side effects, more likely 4.2 million side effects out of the 82.5 million shots already given so far. Okay, guys, I was just given this link by a fellow truth seeker, and my mind is absolutely blown. So these are the adverse events happening from the COVID-19 vaccine. You can see here COVID-19. Okay, death. Check this out. The first one, patient received the vaccine on the 22nd of December last year without complication. It was reported today that the patient was found unresponsive and subsequently expired at home on the 11th of January this year. That person was between the age of 18 and 29 years old. Insane. This one, 40, 49, the patient was found deceased at home about 24 hours after immunisation. 40 to 49, pronounced dead, received first dose of vaccine, day before they died. Sudden cardiac death, 
this is insane. Okay, so let's have a little scroll. So follow, follow. That says death. Let's just scroll. Death, 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 death. Let's keep scrolling. In the nursing home in Auburn, New York, they had zero COVID deaths up until December 29th, and then 24 deaths within just seven days after giving out the vaccine. In 2020, the whole entire year, we did not have a single death. Did you hear what I said? A single death from any of our residents who had COVID-19. As a matter of fact, the, the, we only had about five people. How many I said? Five people at the most who was infected with COVID-19. Zero death for the entire year of 2020. Just about five cases at the most. All of them survived. December 2020, right around the time of the 22nd and so on. I can get you the exact date if you want that. The vaccine was administered to our patients and also to some of our staff members. Get this, friends. We are in January 18th. 2021, two weeks after these people received the vaccine, particularly the, the, the Pfizer uh, BioNTech vaccine, I am seeing this pattern, this pattern of, of not just side effects to the point where we had people who were once walking who are no longer walking. People who were once talking who could no longer talk. Hmm? People who were once able to think, who no longer think properly, delirium, confused. The expert says that the vaccine, the vaccine do not have the COVID-19 in it. I understand. Okay. It's supposed to be a stimulus, right? A stimulus that, 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 that's supposed to help your, your immune system to fight against the virus if you were to confront it. That's the purpose of this vaccine, right? Our residents are dying after they have taken this vaccine. And what troubles me, or troubles me, this is not even being spoken about. What bothers my heart is that it's almost like, shh, shh, don't talk about this. Just keep quiet. Just, just. You go to the year of 2020, zero death, and I can speak the same for many, many nursing homes. Zero death, you go through the whole entire year. Not a single person passed away. We are in 2021, we are in the middle of the month where I work right now, over 14 patients have already died. They are dropping like flies. But hang on, the CDC data says the alleged COVID survival rate for people over age 69 is over 99%, meaning less than 1 in 100 people die. In order to have 14 die in his nursing home, he would have to have at least 1,400 residents there, despite the average-sized nursing home being 120 beds, and the largest being 744 beds, 
with all 1,400 of them allegedly sick and infected. Yet he said only five were sick and none died the entire year of 2020. And it's not just the elderly who are dying. A resident COVID vaccination clinic worker died within 12 hours of her shot. Her co-worker is being directed not to report to VAERS by her corporate management. Now, why might that be? Christy lost a nurse friend in Roanoke, Virginia, who got the shot, then called Christy to say she fainted afterwards, went to the hospital, and died. Diane's friend's sister's 34-week-old baby passed away 48 hours after the shot. Two pregnant women got these poisonous injections to protect their babies. Both have miscarried after the first dose. It would appear Dr. Yeadon was not joking around. A Connecticut medical worker's friend died less than eight hours after her COVID vaccination. An ER nurse proudly rolled up her sleeve December 20th and died December 26th with a heart issue. An Israeli man died of a heart attack hours after his COVID vaccine. Pro-vaccine doctor Gregory Michael died of a hemorrhage stroke in a matter of minutes, just a few weeks after his vaccine. Cecilia's cousin's daughter-in-law got the shot because she worked at the hospital began having trouble breathing and died less than a week later, leaving behind three children and a husband. A 40-year-old man in great shape died two days after getting the vaccine. His lifelong friend maintains, you are completely out of your mind if you let them stick you. I have dozens upon dozens of others from just a few hours of my own research and this film isn't long enough or intended to chronicle all of these events, only to alert you to the fact, again, that if you put your hand in the fire, you will get burned. You can get burned if you want to. That's perfectly okay. The world could definitely use more parking spaces, just so long as you know what's coming to you. <laughs> a recent video has surfaced from a FedEx warehouse employee showing hundreds of stacked pallets full of tens of thousands of cadaver body bags being shipped out nonstop. Coincidence? Mr. Gates certainly didn't seem to think so. Hmm. Pretty interesting. <clears throat> Pretty interesting. You know, the proof is in the pudding, and we saw a lot of pudding here, and uh, the pudding is uh, laced with uh, poison. And uh, the vaccine is a poison. So uh, my hope is that somebody will watch this or that you'll forward this show to somebody. And they'll get to watch this and it'll keep them from taking that stupid thing in their arm. And please don't take it, okay? If you took one, don't take the second one. If you took two, don't take the booster, okay? Maybe you'll have a chance. And if you're a believer then God will take care of you and protect you. But um, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. It's uh, half past 12 a.m., so just a little bit tired. Um, let's see what we got here. What's the next one? 
Genetic bioweapons covert program since 1990s. The real danger is the jab. Okay, this is the fellow I told you about. Um, it doesn't say anything in here about him. Um, I wish it did. I, I know that I've seen his biography before. And he is um, either a chemist or a... He's got a degree and in, in several degrees in in medicine and in science. So he knows what he's talking about. That's all I'm trying to get across here. So let's go ahead and uh, I'll try to make this larger, but if it comes out to be too pixelated, maybe we won't do that, okay? Or maybe I'll just leave it alone. We'll see. We'll see. Four, three, two, one. This initial weaponized SARS virus. Okay, hold on. We got to start this See, out at when, the beginning. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Leonard Horowitz published a book called Emerging Viruses in 1996. Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Natural or Intentional. That was the title of the book. And in this academic treatise, and he's a virologist and a vaccinologist, he proved that AIDS and Ebola are manufactured uh, viruses uh, engineered in a laboratory. His academic treatise has stood the test of time. It has never been refuted. And, and we know that uh, the way academics stand and fall is on being presented and refuted. This has never been refuted. And the genetic bioweapons industry is the most covert industry on planet Earth. But it exists. I would like to go further by saying that um, William Cohen, the former U.S. Secretary of State in 1997, Cohen referred to the concept of an ethnic bioweapon as a possible risk. In 1998, some biological weapon experts considered such a genetic weapon plausible. And you know when they say that, it means they've already produced it and they're, they're stockpiling it and waiting to use it. Uh, and that research was being done on how certain substances can influence human genes. That was 1998. Ten years later, in 2008, the U.S. Government Congressional Committee uh, uh, sat under the, under, under the title, under the label, Genetics and Other Human Modification Technologies. A new kind of arms race, people, a new kind of arms race is happening. And, and somebody and, and in that committee said, there are attempts to manipulate human genetics in ways that would horrify us. And so that was 2008. Let me go a little further and uh, go beyond William Cohen. And we want to introduce you to somebody called Dr. Francis Boyle, very, very significant gentleman. I think we have a, a photo of Dr. Boyle that we could put up. Dr. Francis Boyle is an international law expert. He's also an, an expert on uh, genetic bioweapons. And he was a gentleman who framed the Anti-Terrorism Act. It's called the Bioweapons Anti-Terrorism Act, or BWATA. It was framed in 1989, signed into law in 1990 by, by President George W. Bush with unanimous approval from the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress. And so uh, if there is a, a, a Genetic Bioweapons Anti-Terrorism Act, it means, obviously, there must be a genetic bioweapons industry. And uh, I want you to know, people, that on this earth, 22 nations on planet earth have what we call BSL-4 labs. A BSL-4 lab means biosafety level 4. Uh, biosafety level 4 is the highest level of biosafety. And in these labs, they make pathogens, deadly pathogens. 
I also want you to know that 16 nations on planet Earth stockpile genetic bioweapons. 16 nations stockpile. They have them in the armory. There's a new arms race going on. And I want to give you a quote from Dr. Francis Boyle. Dr. Francis Boyle, the framer of the Anti-Terrorism Act, says this, uh, international law expert, bioweapons expert, SARS-CoV-2 is an offensive biological warfare agent made in a lab and engineered with gain-of-function properties. He said that in February 2020. I have, I have quoted this in, my, in a documentary I did. It's on YouTube called Watchman What of the Night Part 1, where I, I spell this out very clearly. And he's, he has come to the conclusion, and this is going to shock you. Amen. Uh, put on your seatbelts. This is going to shock you. He has come to the conclusion that SARS-CoV-2 is a tripartite chimera. And it is composed wow. of one, SARS, the original SARS, uh, but, and he says SARS uh, is already weaponized, and then that SARS virus was enhanced by gain-of-function properties, and step three, they were all then uh, genetically recombined with an HIV virus. That's the virus that causes AIDS. There it is. So a tripartite chimera. If you think I am kidding, I have some notes here that I can refer to, and uh, they, I call them smoking gun one, two, and three. Francis Boyle quoting from an article called Antiviral Research, February 10, 2020, uh, written by three French scientists and one Canadian scientist from Montreal, said the Wuhan, the, the Wuhan coronavirus genetic analysis may provide a gain of function to 2019 novel coronavirus. So the Wuhan coronavirus genetic analysis may provide a gain of function to 2019 novel coronavirus for efficient spreading in human population compared to other beta coronaviruses. He says that is a smoking gun. It was genetically engineered for efficient spreading in human population. Wow. That's recorded. Gain of function, if you don't know what gain of function means, gain of function means genetically engineered to be more lethal, more virulent, more infectious, and to mutate or adapt more readily with slight increases in immune selection pressure from the population. It's also called accelerated viral evolution. And uh, I saw Dr. Gill refer to that in his campaign about, uh, and he used the, 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 the colloquial parlance, just so viruses don't just so jump from animal to human. Uh, smoking gun number two, UNC, and that's the University of North Carolina, don't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the University of North Carolina labs at Chapel Hill. Uh, brought a team together to do an experiment. And part of the North Carolina University team was, uh, they, they were joined by a gentleman from China called Dr. Zheng Li Shi. Dr. Zheng Li Shi. He was from the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Chinese Academy of Sciences. And in fact, Wuhan gave a grant to the University of North Carolina so that scientists could be involved in this, in this experiment. They imported uh, SARS cells, SARS viruses, from, Fort, from the Fort Dietrich labs. And for those of you who know geopolitics and covert geopolitics, very necessary for any Bible prophecy teacher or any pastor in this day to know, amen, Fort Dietrich, the Fort Dietrich labs are the US's, the US's main BSL-4 labs where they research, stockpile, and test genetic bioweapons. And so, so this team, given a grant uh, by China, uh, we're working on, on, on increasing the pathogenicity of the SARS samples that they got from Fort Dietrich. 
smoking gun number three. Uh, research at the Australian Animal Health Lab was funded by the Chinese Ministry of Science and Technology, along with the, the, the other two I mentioned, the Wuhan Institute and the Academy of Sciences from China. And the experimental goal was to coalesce the initial weaponized SARS virus, uh, enhance it with gain-of-function properties, and then coalesce it genetically to an HIV virus, even therefore forming the tripartite chimera. And so I'm, I'm listening to you where these experiments took place. Let me go a little further. Smoking gun number four. Indian scientists did an analysis on the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and they said they definitely found elements of the HIV virus in the genomic sequencing. So this was confirmed by a team from India. And uh, let me mention to you that uh, HIV is a retrovirus. Retroviruses use mRNA to inject their stuff into the cell. And uh, when the mRNA is injected into the cell, there is something called retrointegration that takes place. And that means that the, the mRNA is converted back into DNA, and then it, it coalesces with the, the chromosomal DNA of the host. Uh, so, so retroviruses like HIV carry an enzyme called reverse transcriptase, which changes mRNA back into DNA so it can coalesce with the, with the, 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 the genes in your nucleus. This means that when they said it's an mRNA vaccine, and they said it will, it, will, it will only go to the ribosomes and form proteins, that's not true. I mean, it, it will be reconverted to, the, to DNA and affect your human genome. Wow. wow. So Francis Boyle says this, the most dangerous biological weapon ever released on the public is SARS-CoV-2. Wow. Now, let me go to smoking gun, which number five? Smoking gun five? Smoking gun number five. Fauci's emails. Wow. Fauci's emails say this. Uh, well, first of all, we must note Fauci's vacillations. When, when he was called, when recently he was called to testify to the U.S. Congressional Committee, uh, and this is all on video record, he said no, U.S. taxpayers did not fund the Wuhan laboratory. Then he said yes, U.S. taxpayers did fund the, the, the laboratory, but it was a subgrant. Then he said, we funded it, but there was no gain-of-function research. Then he said, we did fund it. Uh, there was gain-of-function research, but it, was, but it was a sound scientific decision. Jesus. Then he said, it would have been negligent not to fund it. So he kept, he kept vacillating back and forth, and I said, this is all on record. Let me go further to another one of Fauci's emails. This is from Dr. Christian Anderson, and I'm proving to you that SARS-CoV-2 is, that, that SARS is a genetic bioweapon. Dr. Christian Anderson, in an email, a, a, a secret email that was unearthed when Fauci's emails were exposed, he said the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So no one has to look, re so one has to look really closely at the sequence to see that some features look engineered. Wow. Smoking gun number six. Hmm. Further. This is the same guy, Dr. Christian Anderson, writing in an email to Dr. Fauci. Further, I should mention that after discussions with Eddie, Bob, and Mike, called, uh, his fellow virologists, we all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. This is what Dr. Gill was referring to. The way a virus normally evolves, this virus didn't look like that. So they found, number one, the virus looked engineered, and it, was in, it looked inconsistent with evolutionary theory. 
Wow. So, beloved, uh, this, this states very clearly that, uh, that SARS-CoV-2 is a genetic bioweapon. And uh, let's go to Charles Leibow. Charles Leibow was the, is the head of biology and the head of chemical biology at Harvard University. He was. And this guy used to train graduate Chinese students. Yes, that's him up on the screen. Uh, used to train, train graduate Chinese students in his lab. He's a microbiologist of the highest note, and he has received over $15 million in defense contracts from the United States government to do just that, create, create genetic bioweapons. Uh, two, of his, two of his students were arrested at the Logan International Airport in December 2019 smuggling 21 vials of sensitive biological material to Wuhan, China. Great. Amen. Charles Leiber himself was arrested by the FBI on January 28, 2020 for espionage with China. He was their consultant and, the, and actually was a hands-on builder of the BSL-4 lab in Wuhan, China. China has won the Luke's BSL-4 lab. It was built by Charles Leiber through his consultancy. He was paid 150 million U.S. dollars to do that and had a salary of 50,000 U.S. a month from China. Amen. And so it has become very clear that SARS-CoV-2 is not a Kung Fu virus or a Chinese virus, as some people say. It was, it was due to Anglo-Asian complicity. Amen. Leiber's involvement actually goes much deeper than I mentioned, but that's not for this paper. I will skip um, at this point. I have, I have talked extensively about vaccine types and uh, a num uh, mass, uh, 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 mass vaccination at the time of uh, a pandemic. But I'm just going to hit on one thing quickly before I, I go to my final point. Yes, I want you to understand that um, the vaccine types that are on the market, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson are all genetic vaccines. They are mRNA and viral vector vaccines that will affect your human genome. They are not normal. Amen. The normal vaccines that I got when I was a child and my children got when I was an adult, amen, are, are attenuated or inactivated virus vaccines. And these vaccines are new technology, never before been deployed in the human population. They are tools of gene therapy or Frankenstein, Frankenstein technology, as some people call it, amen, a mystery concoction. Amen. And they are not normal. Therefore, don't, and I hear doctors on television conflating the two types of vaccines. They are tools of gene therapy. If SARS-CoV-2 is a bioweapon, then the code of the spike protein for SARS-CoV-2 injected into you, you are having a bioweapon injected into you. And the spike protein, I won't go into the, the, the scientific details right now, but the spike protein is pathogenic and it will, dis, it will damage you. Uh, Dr. Sukarit Bagley says it's a thrombogenic, the vaccine is a thrombogenic vaccine. And he warns of neural venal thrombosis and he warns of the decimation of the human population. Mass uh, vaccination at the time of high, at a time of high infectious pressure. That means at the time, uh, thank you, at the time when the when the, the, the there is the pandemic is at its height. That that causes it fuels a phenomenon known to all virologists. I heard a virologist on television, TV6 News last night mentioned this, and uh, called viral immune escape. And in a nutshell, viral immune escape is this. When you put a virus under pressure through a mass vaccination program, the, vac the vaccine-induced antibodies will stand up against the COVID-19 virus and, and fight it. And so the virus is on the run. Once a virus gets on the run, remember this virus is a, is a virus that especially, uh, it has gain-of-function properties. Yes. You put it under pressure, it changes. 
Right. It shifts. It changes its cloak. It looks different. Wow. Amen. It becomes a variant. Wow. And, and the variant cannot be stopped by the vaccine-induced antibodies. Vaccine-induced antibodies also shut down your innate immune system. Mm. So the vaccinated have vaccine-induced antibodies that cannot stop a variant, and then it's all, they also shut down your innate immune system. So variants can come straight through and infect those who are vaccinated. That is viral immune escape. And that says that the vaccinated are defenseless against variants. Jeez. This is no longer a pandemic of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2. This is a pandemic of variants. Amen. And there is something called recombination. Listen to me carefully. Why aren't our virologists telling us this? Amen. Uh, recombination means that a vaccinated host can be infected by more than one variant at one time. Oh, big deal. Delta variant is in Trinidad. You heard that? Amen. Well, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough says, uh, they don't have enough letters in the Greek alphabet to name the variants. Amen. In fact, there are over 100 variants already floating around all over the globe. Some, some put it as 185. If a vaccinated host is infected, uh, co-infected by more than one variant, the variants, when they get inside, they have a little party and they mix and they change DNA and they, they camouflage and they, 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 they mix their DNA, the recombinant DNA technology takes place and it produces a super variant. Yeah. Amen. And if super variants are produced, nothing can stop them. And already they are saying that the, I think the latest variant to come out is, is, is vaccine resistant. Well, this is just the beginning. Dr. Su uh, Dr. Gert van den Bosch warns, he said, if we do not immediately stop mass vaccination campaigns all around the world, the world will experience an international catastrophe of mass mortality. I didn't say that. He did. The vaccinated are a threat to us all. However, amen, we must, we, we must treat the vaccinated kindly, amen, with, with, with great empathy, amen, with prayer, amen, and, 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 and with humanity and love, amen. Thank you, my brother. Amen. So, so no discrimination against the vaccinated. Amen. So, yes, yes. Amen. So let me just close by saying this. Uh, let, let me mention also antibody-dependent enhancement, which is an autoimmune situation that, help, that also uh, is surface, surfaces during mass vaccination. And I'm going to just piggyback and uh, uh, do a kind of uh, uh, add-on to some of the things that Bishop Gill said. I'm gonna, this section is called Follow the Money, and it's going to be quick. The pharmaceutical industry benefited from a law, the resurgence of a law called the DTC law, direct-to-consumer law, that, was put, that, that became very prevalent in 1997. It allowed pharmaceutical companies to, uh, to, to, to advertise prescription drugs directly through mass media to, the, to their customers and consumers. This changed the game because it, it meant that the pharmaceutical industry could pour millions and millions of dollars into the media. And uh, therefore, they effectively owned the media and controlled the media. The pharmaceutical industries also uh, control the WHO, as Dr. Gill mentioned. In fact, 60 to 7 percent of the funding of the World Health Organization comes from the pharmaceutical industries. But that's not all. The pharmaceutical industries also contain the, control the U.S. legislature. The medical research uh, journals, medical research journals, you can't publish nothing unless they approve. Even the scientific journals, the medical schools where doctors are trained are controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. And now they have come home to us, even, even onto our own shores, where they have co-opted control of national governments, 
uh, public health authorities, med the medical fraternity, the media, the business sector, and I'm sorry to say, the ecclesiastical leaders as well. Amen. So I want you to know that uh, the elected, the elite, and the ecclesiastics have, have, have struck hands together, Jesus. and they have decided they're going to vaccinate the entire world, and that's what we are, suf that's what we are suffering from. Amen. Uh, so, so, so we, we Trinidad and Tobago, we are not following the real science. This is the real science. Mm -hmm. Amen. And this real science has been suppressed and censored. Right. Amen. We are effectively following the dictates of the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Amen. In other words, we're not following. We're not following the science. We're following the money. Right. Amen. And, and 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 I am shocked to That's see. Right. I, I see giants in the church world falling yeah. because they have, you know it, it is a it is a it is a it is a funny thing for the, the state to control the medical apparatus of a nation. Wow. Yes. If the state dictates to the medical apparatus what to do, if they dictate to the business owners what to do, if they dictate to the churches what to do, are we still in a democracy? Mm. Are we still in a democracy? Have we crossed, crossed the line? And this is my last submission. Let me close with this. This is the death graph. By the way, um, Francis Boyle calls BSL4 Labs uh, 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 death factories. Yes. He calls that work death science. 13,000 U.S. scientists work in that field. 13,000. Here's a death graph. I want to use as my pivotal date, a date that the Prime Minister will remember very well. Tuesday, the 6th of April, 2021. That was the day on which Dr. Keith Christopher Rowling uh, was supposed to be vaccinated, but he came down uh, so sad with COVID a COVID-19 infection. But April 6, 2021 is also the day that the, the public mass vaccination campaign in Trinidad and Tobago was implemented. It started. I want to use that as a central point. If I go back to March 2020, between March 2020 and April 6, 2021, 145 people died in Trinidad and Tobago. 145. Yes. And uh, uh, then, using April 6, 2021 again as a, as a, as a key point, from April 6, 2021, to August 13th, that's yesterday, because I only have figures up to yesterday, to August 13th, 2021, that's four months, 1,022 people have died. 1022 people have died uh, in four months, as opposed to 145 people. So when the vaccine, public vaccination campaign started, a death spike began. And in, 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 in a few months, uh, uh, 1,022 people died. 14% of people died before the vaccine. 86% of the people wow. died after the vaccine. And Gerd van den Bosch, in his model, he predicts that this is what would happen. And it's happening in 90% of the countries all over the world. Amen. That, that, it means that the vaccines are causing the death spike. Let me say it again. The vaccines are causing the death spike. The, the, the vaccinated are the spike. Amen. Which is why our public health authorities cannot release the data and the statistics to show the deaths of the vaccinated. One doctor tried, and I haven't seen her since. On your screen, that graph, you see, you see that spike at the end of the graph? At, 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 where, am I, where I am sitting on the right-hand side of the graph, it may be opposite for you. A spike, the bottom of that spike, the bottom of that hill is April 6th. April 6, 2021. From that point on, the spike just keeps going up. That graph has never been shown on a COVID briefing. What they do is they present segmented, compartmentalized graphs of different facets, but they never show you. This, this, is, this is the master graph. This linear graph of deaths is the master graph. It's still rising people since the vaccination rollout. I close by saying this. 
Amen. Uh, Noah and his family resisted the whole world. Amen. Amen. Uh, in standing against the evil of their day. Come on. Amen. Daniel. Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. <laughs> Amen. Stood against an empire and won. Come on, somebody. Esther changed the command of a king by her faith and her prayer. Amen. So I want to encourage all you Christians out there. You think you're fighting a Goliath? Amen. Well, David defeated Goliath. In my Bible, David defeated Goliath. Amen. Don't worry about the size of your opponent. Bother about the size of your God. Amen. God, is, God will prevail. I optimistically submit to you, prophetically submit to you, that this this house, this international house of cards will crumble. There's going to be an international scandal. And all those who were aiding and abetting it will find themselves in trouble. There is still time. There is still time for you to change your stance. God bless you. Love you with the love of the Lord. <clears throat> Man, that was informative, huh? If you didn't learn anything from that, well, then you know everything. And I don't think everybody knows everything, so... Anyway, this guy has a lot of my respect. He really does. Awesome brother. Okay, I think the next one is the last one. Yes, it is. It's Dr. Tenpenny. And there's an interviewer. I would really like to introduce the interviewer before we start this. Uh, Figures. Okay, well, it looks like I can't find his name. Um, but he'll, I'll introduce him as the video starting because I think it's there. So spiritual implications of the COVID jab. Okay. Here we go, folks. The Christian Revolution.net and Dr. Ted Oh, Payne. hold on. The cancer and it shuts down your ability to repair yourself. And so the disinformation doesn't, I kind of wear it with a badge, badge of pride, because the only thing they have left is mudslinging, name calling, and character assassination. Hey everybody, Alex Newman with Conversations That Matter. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a very special guest Alex today Newman. on Conversations That Matter. Uh, I'm sure you have seen her many places, uh, either hit pieces in the fake media for standing against the fake narrative, or uh, if you're you know one of the normal people who doesn't exist in fake media land, I'm sure you have heard many wonderful things about Dr. Tenpenny. So we're honored to have her here. She is uh, an osteopathic medical doctor. She's a board certified in osteopathic medicine, proficiency certification in inter- Integrative medicine. Uh, she was board certified in emergency medicine from 86 to 98, worked uh, full-time in emergency medicine, and even served as the director of a level two trauma center. Uh, she also founded the Tenpenny Integrative Medical Center near Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, her clinic provides natural and holistic approaches to getting well and staying well. Uh, her success has attracted patients from all 50 states and at least 17 countries. Uh, she has invested over two decades and more than 40,000 hours in researching and documenting uh, problems associated with vaccines. She's been very outspoken 
on these uh, injections that they're calling vaccines involving COVID. Uh, she's a regular speaker uh, nationally, internationally at conferences. She's on radio all the time, uh, just sharing this amazing research that she has. Uh, you can find her website at drtenpenny.com. We'll give you that again before we wrap up. Uh, Dr. Tenpenny, thank you so much for being with us. And I know we're not going to spend too much time on the COVID and the shots today, but uh, I just want to start off with that. I mean, that, that's really the issue on everybody's mind. And then we'll get to the, the spiritual implications and what you and, and a handful of other amazing people are doing. But uh, you know, what's the status? Where do you see us right now in this crisis? They're trying to get the last few holdouts or the last 40% of holdouts to get injected. They're threatening jobs. I mean, they're, they're really going all out. Uh, and yet more and more people are waking up. A lot of people regret that they took the shots. Where do you think we are in this drama? Well, that's very well stated, Alex, in terms of in this drama. I think that that's a very, uh, very uh, apropos way of stating it. I think that we are in for a very dark winter. I think now that they have decided that they're going to start uh, injecting children starting at five years of age and up, and now they're starting to, Moderna is starting to enroll six-month-olds into their study, and we know that we're injecting uh, pregnant women, that we've had 1,000% or some huge percentage number of increased stillbirths and late-term miscarriages. Um, I just think that we are seeing... Uh, let me interject something there. Any parent that would bring a six-month-old in to get a vaccine that hasn't been tested probably shouldn't have children, okay? I don't care how much money they're offering. There's not enough money in this world that would get me to do that to my kids or grandkids. Um, but that's because I love them. And uh, I guess a lot of parents uh, see their kids as a meal ticket. I guess the only thing I can think of. All right, let's keep going. In real time, what is happening, that this is not about health. It's not about public health. It's not about preventing illness. It's about causing illness. It's about causing injury and death in many people. And I think that we're seeing the first tsunami coming through of the number of people that are dying from the shot, which is far outnumbering the number of people who even got sick from the infection. And I think that now almost everybody knows somebody or has somebody close to them or a friend of them or one layer out that has been seriously injured or has even died after getting one of these COVID shots. And I think that people that ran out early because of either mostly fear at the beginning, but now because of convenience now, I want to go on that cruise. I want to keep my job. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. And so that, but now they're seeing, wow, maybe I shouldn't have been so quick to jump into that line. What do I do to get this out of my body? Well, sadly, nothing. And um, what, what does that really mean for the long term of your health? And I think that the next tsunami wave we're going to be seeing is going to be that big wave of remorse and regret for injecting this genetic modification tool into our body and into the bodies of our children. Yeah, and, and you're not kidding, Sherry. Um, in fact, just in this last week, my brother went to a funeral of one of his employees, a 29-year-old young man, six days after taking the injection, dead, very mysterious, as always. Uh, nothing to report to the VAERS system, just very mysterious. Uh, a surgeon, a good friend of a friend, uh, resisted up until the end. They said, look, you're going to be fired. She had a new baby. She went in, took the shot. They told her to wait there 15 minutes to make sure everything was fine. Falls on the floor, paralyzed for over two hours, still in the hospital. I mean, this is just in the last week, okay? Uh, and I've got stories like this going back for months and months. You are not kidding. Um, you know, you are um, more than just a doctor. Uh, you, you're really looking at what's going on 
behind what we're seeing. And, and I've, I've been sounding the alarm for years and years telling people, look, we're in a spiritual war. This is not just a bunch of bad guys who have terrible ideas and, and want to do bad things. There's something even darker behind all this. Uh, tell us how you see the, the true nature of the conflict that we're in, Sherry. Well, I've been standing on, you know, Ephesians chapter 6 since the beginning of this, that we are fighting powers and principalities of this evil darkness and that we need to put on the full armor of God. And if anybody really studies Ephesians 6, you'll notice that all the armor is on the front. You know, you got the breastplate, the belt, the spear, the shoes, the helmet. And it's because in Isaiah 58, it says the Lord has your back. And so as we go off into battle, we've got to protect on the front and, you know, so much inside of this battle, we get the bullet, like with the things that you do, Alex. I mean, it's like bullets in the chest, meaning from like the mainstream media and all of the people that ha- that are mudslinging and name calling. But the arrows in the back from the friendly fire are the stuff that's kind of hard to take. You know, people that you thought really agreed with what you said, and then they really don't. And so, you know, this whole spiritual battle that we're in starts for me from Ephesians chapter 6. But now more than ever, and what I've been digging into and exploring, and, and I do a, what's called Happy Hour with Dr. T two nights a week on Thursday. On Tuesday and Thursday night at 6 o'clock, we, we live stream that over to Cloud Hub now. We were on Instagram, but... None of that stuff's around anymore, of course. And so it's Tuesday and Thursday night. We do happy hour with Dr. T. And happy hour is a place where we read, we share a word from the scripture. We have a Bible study and we pray together because, you know, Jesus said with ever two or more of you together in one place, there I am. And we wanted to do something happy. And so my assistant, Michelle, said, well, let's do it. It's kind of sort of a double entendre, right? Happy hour. So we're getting together to talk about God and to pray. But when we talk about happy hour, people think it's free booze. So they, they show up for the <laughs> They show up and and they get to be told about Jesus, you know. And so, um, but on Tuesday night, I usually, is what I call guest night. And I've been doing this now for about a year and a half. And my guests are frequently pastors and Bible, you know, Bible scholars and people that have written a lot of books and where I've been putting a lot of my focus on because it brings all that's happening now full circle, goes back to Genesis chapter six, you know, what happened after the flood. And when Noah's sons came down out of the out of the ark, and we have Jepheth, who eventually became the great the ten great ten generations later became the grandfather of Abraham, who then eventually became the descendant. Jesus became that descendant of that pure bloodline, and then we've got the descendants that came from Noah through Ham to Cush to Nimrod, and Nimrod is who built Babylon and built the Babylonian mystery schools. And so, and it turns out that somebody did the genealogy on that. I think they got it out of the Sumerian texts where they, you know, when you read the Bible and it said this one lived for 200 years and this one was 400 years and this was, so somebody put all those genealogies together and they realized that Noah and Jepheth and Abraham and Nimrod were all alive in the same period of time and that they were all sort of came patriarchs. In fact, it was Abraham's father was Nimrod's chief idol maker. And so when he when when Abraham got tutelage and trained by his 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 great 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 ten great grandfathers Jepheth and Noah was still alive who Noah had walked with God and communed with God that's where Abraham got his training when he got pulled up out of Ur to be separated from the Babylonians and from the bloodline of all of the evil um, Nephilim and all of the horrifying and horrible things of child sacrifice and human sacrifice and human trafficking and all the things that we're seeing today. So this fight Oops. of what's happening goes all the way back. It's the good versus evil, 
goes all the way back to the post-Diluvian era, right after the flood, where the good bloodlines came out and became the descendants that became Jesus, and the evil bloodlines came out through Nimrod and all the mystery schools and all the evil incarnates and all the evil things that we see now. So what we are seeing in full circle, you know, Jesus said that in the final days, it will be as in the days of Noah, where men were so corrupt and so evil, all they could think about was evil things. And all you have to do is kind of open your eyes and look around, and here we are. And so when all this stuff first started in March of 2020, I said, man, this is kind of Satan's last hurrah. And so a lot of what's important now is talking about the spiritual aspect of what these shots are doing to us genetically, transforming us and trying to pull us away from God. Wow, this is just so fascinating, Sherry. And we did not plan this out. I've had Ephesians 6 on my mind and on my heart for years now. Of course, uh, God's Word tells us in Ephesians 16 and 17, our, our weapon is the sword of the Spirit. That is, of course, the Bible. And so, folks, if you aren't using your weapon, you're probably not very effective in the battle right now. And then, of course, uh, Genesis 6, the sons of God coming down and having children with the daughters of men. I mean, this is actually something uh, that I've been exploring a lot lately, too. Commercial uh, Dr. Tenpenny, before we get to the Christian Revolution, I really want to spend some time on this. I talked to Coach Dave about it, and I'm just so excited about what you guys are doing. But uh, before we leave the topic of the spiritual battle in which we find ourselves, uh, give people just the, the Cliff Notes version. Uh, what do you do? Okay, so I, I accept I'm in a spiritual battle. There's powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness, and darkness uh, coming against God's people, against truth, against morality. What does a, a person do when confronted with that situation? Lean in, you know, trust more. Um, when you have these issues with fear and they've used this weapon against us, you know, the evil that has been formed against us, they created the lie that everyone believed. And they said that was going to happen in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that they will believe a deception will occur and people will believe the lie, which we have, lock, stock, and barrel. And because they know how to use fear as a weapon, at the very beginning of this, Alex, they did um, the first article that I did that I posted on Vaxter.com, which is my news site. It said, uh, just in paraphrasing, it said, uh, this was, I wrote this in March of 2020. And I said, unless you have been a, cloist a cloistered nun and or you have been a, a, a Tibetan monk hidden up in the Himalayas somewhere, in the last six weeks, you have been pummeled with 2.1 billion fear-based messages. And to put that in context, the year before in 2019, when they tried to get us all afraid about Ebola, in an entire year, there were 61 million messages about fear. In six weeks over corona, they gave us 2.1 billion fear-based messages. And I kind of look at that as like rapid-fire submachine gun, like bullets, literally fear-based bullets, like da -da 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 into people's brains to where they actually change their brain chemistry to become kind of addicted to that feeling of fear over time. And you know, there's entire industries that are built around loving that feeling of fear, you know, the, the Halloween stuff, the Freddy, Freddy Cougar movies, you know, the Stephen King novels. I mean, there are people that just love that adrenaline fear-based stuff. There's entire industries around that. 
Well, they use that against us. And I believe that many people have become addicted to that feeling of fear. That's why they hang on to CNN and they believe all those words and all those distorted, all the distorted statistics and all the lies that they feed us because they have to feed that feeling of fear. It's no different than being addicted to heroin or cocaine or some other drug. They need to have that next fix. And so we've got that spiritual basis on the front end of that, that evil fear. So I think what actually has happened with a lot of these shots that people ran out to get the shots because they were in such a deep spirit, such a deep state of fear that instead of turning to God and saying, Lord, I have been contaminated. The demon of fear has just gotten hold of me. Please, Lord, forgive me for allowing that into my spiritual space. Please remove that from me and start looking up every verse in the Bible that talks about fear not. And we know there's close to 300 scriptures that talk about fear not, fear not. And if God bothers to repeat himself that many times, it's probably important. And if we could pull those verses out about fear not and trust in me, and that when you are fearful, lean in and trust me more, trust me more. And if we could have gone from a spiritual perspective in that direction, instead of running out and expecting a pharmaceutical product to take away our fear, and trusting the same companies that have murdered people, been charged with felonies, and paid billions of dollars in damages and fees, we bowed our knee to the pharmacia, which means the sorcerers, instead of taking our fear base, our fear of death, which then we should talk about the gospel, or the fear of being sick, which we should talk about how Jesus heals people, instead of taking that to the Lord, we bowed to the pharmaceutical companies, and we bowed to the, bowed to the pharmacia. Yeah. And, and what you're saying, Sherry, is so critical. Uh, I mean, I actually taught a whole lesson in church about fear just recently uh, out of the book of Numbers. In fact, uh, God's people were all terrified. Oh, there's giants in there. We look like grasshoppers. And God got so mad at them. He, he said, I'm going to destroy this people. They just saw me do all these miracles. I took them out of Egypt. I parted the sea for them. And they're going to be scared of some giants. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, Moses intervenes and God decides that he won't destroy them. But they got to wander around for 40 years. I mean, that's how angry God gets when his people uh, are expressing fear over these little pathetic schemes of, of the enemy and, and the totalitarians. Uh, it, it really is inappropriate. And yet dictators, uh, Adolf Hitler and his minions were masters of this, right? Terrify people with all kinds of things so that they'll uh, surrender their freedom and make dumb decisions. Uh, but sure, you are one of the people who is actually out there taking action to deal with these problems in a rational, calm way instead of running around, you know, oh, my hair's on fire. We need to all be terrified. Uh, you guys are working on the Christian revolution. Um, we've only got a few minutes left here, but I, I just give the folks a, a sneak preview. What is coming with the Christian revolution? What does it mean? What does it mean for our health care going forward? And when can we expect to learn more? And where can we learn more? Well, it's the, Christ, the Christian revolution. You need to have the T-H-E in the front of there. TheChristianRevolution.net is the website where you can go and you can read about the founder's statement. And I'm one of the founders with Coach Dave and with uh, Brett Bowl. And we are we were sitting around at a conference and we said, you know, all of this tyrannical stuff that's going on and all the billions and even trillions of dollars that are out there to fund evil and to take evil and to do all these evil things. In fact, this was a couple of months ago now, but the, at the time when we were talking about this, which would have started maybe in August, we said, um, you know, the CDC had just allocated $61 billion for their 2022 budget to make sure that all of us non-compliant people get our, our injections. 
So $61 billion to convince a handful of people that just want to live their life and do their thing uncontaminated with satanic tools that are going to change our God-given genetics, $61 billion. So we said, well, who's funding good projects? Who's funding the fight? Who's funding the lawyers that are standing in the gap for people who are losing their jobs? Who are standing in the gap for the doctors like myself, that their state medical boards are coming after them? Who's funding the projects to get people that are that they're trying to change their school boards? Who's funding the project? In fact, we just got a project in the, to fund in the door just a couple of days ago about a gentleman who's looking for some funding to expand a, a book line a, for a children's Christian's book line because he said so many of these things have been taken off the market. So we said, well, we're going to raise the money and we're going to fund good projects. So that's where the Christian Revolution .net uh, projects started from. We're talking. If you go out there, we're, we're going to fund projects that have to do with food and water and education, and of course, healthcare. And that's my personal pet project is to develop a, a uh, alternative to what is the current healthcare model because the current model is so broken. Somebody needs to just give it a good swift kick and kick it off the mountain and let it fall to the ground and break into like a million pieces and then pick up the few pieces of value and move forward and do something different based on health, based on finding what the underlying cause of why, you're, why you have dis-ease or disease and correct that instead of just suppressing you with pharmaceutical products. So that's my pet project, and that's where we are raising the money. And you can go to thechristianrevolution.net. We've already given $40,000 away to, in, in grants. Um, we've, we've, uh, we've promised Tom Rents and his team of lawyers that are fighting diligently for us every day. We've uh, committed $240,000 to them over, over the next year. And all, we are just continually raising money to be given away in grants. That's awesome, Dr. Tenpenny. Uh, before we let you go, uh, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which actually seems to be just a, a guy with an Arab name and a website, uh, but the mainstream media love this guy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they, they have listed you as one of the uh, disinformation dozen uh, responsible for uh, most of the anti-vax uh, misinformation on Facebook. Uh, we've only got about a minute left, but uh, what do you say to these folks? And, you know, they're going to say, well, th does, the, does the vax really change your genetic code? And, and uh, you know, yeah. what do you say to them? Um, it really does. In fact, now we know that the, 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 the spike protein actually goes in and changes your genetics to the point where it can lead to cancer and it shuts down your ability to repair yourself. And so the disinformation doesn't, I kind of wear it with a badge, a badge of pride, because the only thing they have left is mudslinging, name calling, and character assassination. So you can read a lot more about all the stuff that I'm doing if you go to drtenpenny.com. It's Dr. Tenpenny, my last name, drtenpenny.com, where we have our store and our podcast and our and our broadcasts and all of my broad, all of my schedules that I'm doing. So you can go there and kind of follow me there and all the things that that I'm going to be leading forward and doing. Then the ChristianRevolution.net, um, you can go there and make a donation. Any amount of money is going to be used for good. Excellent. Well, Dr. Tenpenny, thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing your insight. Folks, go check out the websites, thechristianrevolution.net and drtenpenny.com. You don't want to miss this stuff. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter. And until next time, God bless you all. <clears throat> okay, so that was Alex Newman at The New American. Very good site. I think I'm going to visit that more often. Um, she was right about a lot of things, about everything she said actually was right, except that I think that Abraham was a descendant of Shem, not Japheth. I'll have to look into that. But um, anyway, uh, 
the thing is that, folks, is that um, what she mentioned was that the the um, the powers that be operate out of fear. In other words, they cast fear out, cast fear towards us, or try to make us fear. And if you don't know anything about the um, paranormal, especially with ghosts and poltergeists and stuff like that, they feed off of fear. It's their job to make you scared, to make you spooked out, so that you fear. And they gain energy from that fear. Okay? They really do. They, they zap you of energy, and they suck it towards them and take it, take it on themselves. So um, I can remember... Because uh, the, the crux of uh, delusion resistance was that um, the uh, the name of Yeshua could thwart an alien abduction, okay? And it does. It really does. But a relationship with Yeshua kind of cements the deal. Uh, and they pretty well stay away after a while. But anyway, um, I can remember one time, it might have been around 2004 or five. Um, yeah, it was 2005, and I was getting ready to go down to Roswell. Let me see if I got my time frame correct. Yeah, okay, I do. I was getting ready to go down to Roswell. It was 2006, actually, and um, I had dealt with these entities before. Uh, they're not space aliens. They're they're fallen angels, actually, and uh, and, and demonic hordes also, and. Um, so I'd rebuked them successfully many, many times. Um, but, you know, because I'm in the trenches fighting them, you know, I'm, I'm constantly uh, being exposed to their counterattacks and stuff like that. Well, not anymore so much. But uh, anyway, so I remember I was in, I had a two-bedroom apartment, and I was in the, the uh, extra bedroom. And, um, and I felt that fear come over me. It was uh, terrible, terrible fear. And, um, but I didn't know how to handle these things because I knew that they feed off of fear. So I just started laughing and I started reading Psalms and I started singing and boy, did they take off quick? Well, um, about a week later, this is still before I went to Roswell that year, 2006. Um, I had another encounter, um, I was laying in bed and what they commonly call sleep paralysis. Uh, came over me very, very strong this time. And um, so I started to just praise the name of Yeshua. Sorry, I had to do that um, because that works. Uh, so I praised the name of Yeshua. And um, and finally, I was able to, through the power of God, I was able to overcome the uh, sleep paralysis. And I came out of it and I rebuked them out of my room. And, uh, but they came back twice again, you know, and each time I'd rebuke them. And the last time I was really pissed because I was tired and I had to go work. And, you know, I, that's right. I'd go to church the next day, but, um, and I, you know, I was really forceful when I rebuked them this time in the name of Yeshua. And, uh, I'll never forget because, um, when they left, they made this cheesy, um, sound sounded like it was above my roof. It sounded like the, the beep of a UFO you would hear back from a 1950s uh, B, uh, science fiction movie. You know, beep, beep. And I started laughing. I said, you've got to be kidding me, you know? 
Anyway, so that's the attitude I started building towards them. I'd laugh at them instead of, because they got no power over me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, is what scripture says. You know, and uh, they're definitely not in me, and uh, they're definitely in the world. So I'm greater because of Yeshua. But um, I wrote a book called Unholy Communion. It talks a whole whole bunch about uh, these different um, testimonies about people that have thwarted these uh, abduction attempts. Oh, sorry, folks. I'm going to end this real quick um, after I finish talking here. But um, anyway, the crux of the matter is we got to not fear. Okay. Um, If you know Yahweh, if you know Yeshua, then you've got the problem licked. (laughs) Okay. And take Dr. Tenpenny's advice and also uh, Alex's advice and, and realize that you know, you have a lot of power in the name of Yeshua. You have, because of your heritage and because you became a new person when you came to know him, uh, you have unlimited um, opportunities to use the power that he's given you if you're using it correctly. But um, anyway, so don't fear with all the stuff that's coming on and coming up. These things are meant to happen. And, uh, but God will hold your hand. He'll, he'll walk with you on, on this journey and keep you safe. So, um, that having been said, I am going to do this. And a very tired Dave from Opposing Mix is going to say good night to you, which is okay. Good night. And uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May he bring you peace in Yeshua's holy, precious name. Amen and amen. Okay, folks, uh, see you either tomorrow night or uh, Saturday night and then on Monday with Brian. Okay, so be blessed. Talk to you soon. And do not be afraid.